0: Grow stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, went or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. All right. Uh, Today, on the price of admission at a high level, we got someone that's been very successful at navigating the corporate ladder, uh, specifically in the financial sector. And I'm ready to learn today. Um, this guy's named Jeremy Jobson. He's my second homeboy from the hometown back in Liberty Hill. Uh, so far on, on the price of admission, uh, whose professional's journey, you know, through the trenches of corporate America has been really good for him. So, um, you know, for me, like, I'm really interested in this one um, because, you know, I, I also felt like that was a, a good thing for me there for a while. Then all of a sudden, it just kind of changed a lot. So uh, open to learn today. Um, Jeremy, you're currently living in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Been there yeah. since
1: 2009.
0: Yeah. Uh, Go Chiefs. <laughs> hey, dude, like on the shooting, how was that that locally
1: it was really scary like my so i have have three boys and so uh you know we were texting that none none of us went we had some family that went though and had to check in on them you know it's just a it's been tough it's been really scary and and trying to kind of navigate the emotions that kind of come from schools with that too
0: yeah for sure Big win. I actually lost some money on that one, so uh, and a big loss there. And you know, with that whole shooting thing. But, anyways, uh, a big part of what uh, Jeremy brings to the table for for the group is you know the experience and insights in collections. For you, that's what you do. Um, at heart, this guy's a gamer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do like what's your favorite game? game. W- who, what's your favorite game right now?
1: Right now, I'm playing a game called Medieval Dynasty. So, gotcha. kind of just,
0: uh, You ever heard of Fortnite? Yeah, yeah.
1: My boys play Fortnite. I've played a few times
0: yeah. with them. Um, so does my. So. Yeah, my 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 uh my boys, huge into that, and uh, I like playing every now and then with them. Um, yeah, just can't get them away from it at times. It's like trying to teach them how to control it. Yeah. Um, but you also like diving into a book of dystopian or fantasy and occasionally exploring a self-help or leadership book. Right. Yeah. Uh, a shepherd, a few pets. You got a small
1: petting zoo at home. I do. I do. I got a turtle behind me, three dogs, a cat, a bearded dragon, nice. yeah. a and a hedgehog. We had a hedgehog. Yeah, that was one of our favorites. Had a hedgehog. He, the favorites. Yeah, he had why was? A why of was that one a favorite? They're just really friendly. Like they're always going to want to move around, and they like you to hold them, but it, which is kind of odd, you know, because they're really spiny. But they'll they'll play with you. They're really they have a lot of personality. They're Pretty neat, I would
0: always nice. recommend them. Cool, you enjoy uh barbecuing on the smoker. Um, yeah, no, none of the pellet stuff you're an offset. No, no, it's
1: gotta
0: be an offset pick burner. Like, All right, so it's it's there's the art to it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you got three boys and a baby on the way. Um, yep. you must have your UFC like. Referee hat on every now and then. I'm guessing
1: uh, they're pretty good about n- not getting into to too many fights. But my middle school wrestled it. for a while, so they uh, they're more into that than, than get into too much.
0: Yeah, I, I remember going over to your house when I was in uh, this probably what late middle school. Yeah, and you had a house full of kids. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Jobson house was full of kids. Um, yeah. one of the big families. And, uh, there's another, uh, uh, podcast I did with a guy named Drexel King. He's got now 10 kids. Oh, and wow. kind of like, you know, sharing all the things that, that they do. But, um, uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of learning and joy in that. And so uh, we're about to get into the rest of your story. Uh, it will definitely be good. Um, when I go through the themes of what I think we're about to talk about, there's the power of mentorship and learning, um, navigating career transitions, and learning every day. Every interaction, every meeting, taking the positives and the negatives with you on the next step to find that true north and be on the right path. So there's the intro. Got to get into the memories. I got a a few memories from uh, folks back in the day. Um, A guy named Logan Fletcher, he said, Thank him for my high ankle sprain senior year. Yeah.
1: Remember that one?
0: (laughs) What happened? I don't remember that one. I don't
1: remember exactly what happened, but but I'm sure that I did something. (laughs) Played playing next to him on the line.
0: Next one, Jehovah Cruz. Man, he was such a cool guy. I remember his honesty and faith. And his work ethic In the gym Also um, I remember when we were freshmen Had to practice on JV And sometimes against the varsity And we used to get our ass whooped But he never Stopped fighting Next one Kyle Lumpkin, he wrote a book So buckle up (laughs) for this one Here we go Wimberly our senior year we're driving to the red zone and Jimmy comes running up to me after the play with his left hand out in front of him palm facing his face i think it was his ring finger uh my pinky. pointing in the wrong direction clearly dislocated uh he's got this wide eye look of panic on his you know from the body doing what it does uh but something's not right um haven't quite realized it yet. Doesn't hurt yet, but the drone is pumping. Anyways, he runs up to, to me and, and <laughs> shows me his hand and says, what do I do? I'm trying to figure out what the issue is. It takes me a second to see his finger. And all I can say is go see doc. Uh, it would have been a way badass or thing if, if I would just grabbed it and popped it back into place, but doc, doc took care of it. Uh, he was back in a play or two later, I believe, right before we scored. So, um, other than that, you know, the thing that I always looked up to about Jeremy was he took his faith seriously. He treated everyone. I saw him run in a, a Christ-like way, uh, but not not a wussy either, like someone that will stood, stand up. Um, But he had his limits, right? Fletcher, so memory person, pushed him close to the edge a few times. I think Fletcher did that to everyone. But Jeremy was stuck next to him every play. LOL. Um, I also remember Fletcher with the welcome to varsity thing. Running Jeremy over in a practice on... 249, we pull and Jeremy didn't move fast enough, the dude was wasn't glory obsessed kept his head down and he did the work another memory that pops up, senior year again, uh, there's a guy named Mings, I think there's a pad holder yeah Jeremy Um, there you go uh Quick side linebacker, tiny guy, a little annoying. Anyways, Jeremy and I had one play where we were both meant to block him. But we kept running into each other. We're trying to double team him. Um, and he was ready for it. Uh, and making us look bad. Like he knew the play. One uh, advantage he, we had because we were on first team the fun team or scout team sometimes didn't know what we were running. So I told Jeremy to hesitate just for a second. I'd hit him, um, or you hit him right after me. Um, and it worked one, two punch. We told Banks to calm it down a little bit. Stop being the fun team hero, unless he wanted to practice gymnastics instead of football. It did the trip. All right. Two more. Dexter Hansen, episode forty eight. Um, guest, it takes a special person to play O line in the slot T. Amen to that. Um Jeremy put the work in again to complete to compete. He killed it in his senior year. He's a prime example of what buy-in to Vance's culture did for athletes. And uh, what the hell is he up to? I haven't seen or talked to him for years. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Uh, last one, Coach Vance. I just gave him a call maybe you know, 15 minutes ago, answered right away. He said, Jeremy was always consistent, always there a rock that I could always depend on. So. That's it, man. Now awesome. we get into the good stuff and we, we go from here into, tell us your story.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you know, it started out going to college like everybody else. And you know, it ended up being married, having kids and, it started a career and, you know, I started working at a trucking company, you know, while I was going to school when, you know, that's kind of my first introduction into, uh, into a, a real, real career or real job. Um, and you know, it's busy. I, I now have a much higher respect for what truck drivers go through on the road or, you know, understand a little bit more about, you know, when they're driving.
0: Uh, yeah. That's going to be my, terminal. that's going to be my retirement
1: job, by the way. <sighs> I don't envy that. <laughs> that's a tough job. I they, uh, they were, uh, you know, working in a terminal dock worker, I, I lost so much weight just moving freight and picking up stuff. But, you know, one of the things that, that I learned in that is that you can really, you can either be somebody who's trying to help solve a problem for somebody who is going to be a part of the problem. And so, you know, there's always something going Amen. on in a, in a terminal and something. It moves quickly. You're expected to get, you know, packages across the country overnight. And so you have to work together and work as a team. And yeah. Especially
0: nowadays with the, you know, mm-hmm. um, just in time, um, you know, environment that has changed a lot through COVID. Um, where yeah. just in time is not so much just in time anymore because of the whole supply
1: chain thing. So. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes it really tough. And, uh, you know, we, we were struggling. We had a, this was before Amazon prime there's a company called Granger that we were moving their freight and Granger guaranteed that it would be there overnight. And we struggled to, to make that happen. And I remember our VP came out and was like, he came down from another terminal, was like, what are you guys doing? And I remember sitting there and I went home that evening and I took a sheet of note paper, wrote down all my ideas and passed it to him. But this is what I think we need to change. And, uh, you know, he was he was really kind and really gracious um, to take that and look it over and actually, actually read it. Um, half of it was probably just random, you know, 19-year-old stuff to write down. Um, but it really set an example of leadership that you have to, you have to listen to everyone. You know, not everybody's going to give you great ideas, but there's going to be nuggets in there that you have to find. And so, you know, I really thought, sure well. you know, it, that's where you can really be a good leader is so to, to invest in your people and listen to them. So, Shortly after that, uh, I left Dorn Transfer, and that's really where I, you know, it's 2009, you know, the mortgage crisis was going on, and I needed a job, and so Citibank was hiring collectors, and so I was still going to school, and I was like, well, hey, this is a good job, and I was on the phones, you know, they paid decent bonuses, so I was like, hey, this will work. And I got in there, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. Like, I understood it. It was, you know, kind of my degrees in Christian ministry. And so really learning about people in those financial situations and how that applies to compassion and kindness and really helping people, not just demanding money, but finding solutions for people that are struggling. And I really became very passionate about it and spent a lot of time at school. And, uh, yeah, I loved it you know, it's a great opportunity. City was also my first introduction to like mega corporate culture. You know, you we were dealing with, you know, bailout money and all this stuff, understanding your companies in the news all the time. And if you're talking to customers about it. It was pretty intense. Uh, but it,
0: man, you know, I wish I had you as a did we, did we financial controller back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least, you could yeah. uh, paint a good picture.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting world. Uh, learned a lot from just talking to customers, too, and understanding, hearing their stories as they're dealing with it. Uh, but, you know, with that, you, you know, came into City frontline collector, and I always was looking for, hey, how do I help advance my my financial well-being you know how do i grow here what opportunities are there and i think that you know sometimes corporate america gets a bad rap of kind of you know waving the carrot like oh if you do all of these things you could eventually be this and you know but i kind of i drank the good yeah. way there at, at, at city and and really dove in and uh, i don't think i spent more than 18 months in a single position like i was always looking for how can i advance or move <laughs> around And that really became city did that for you. It did. It did because they're always, you know, when you're in such a big company, they're always looking for people. And so there's always doors, you know, somewhere that are going to be open. And after 12 months you can apply out. And one of the things that I found that, you know, when I look back on it was probably the biggest career benefit for me was that I said, yes, all the time. I was like, Hey, I'll move over there. I'll go to that team. Um, I'll go do that work. Yeah. And what that allowed me to do is to get exposure to so much of the industry. But the and key
0: so, for you was New- city was that opportunity was available,
1: right? Mm-hmm. It, it, That's it, good. It's not just That's opportunity, good. though, but it's also taking advantage and seeing those opportunities. Like you've got to put yourself yeah. in a where I'm right and you Got to look whenever a door is slightly open. You've got to find a way to get through it. Uh, and those those moves that you're able to do, do everything you can to learn as much as possible. And so for me, like th- that's really what set me up for success the rest of my career was learning so much about the business and doing that work. Did you ever feel like?
0: that you were kind of, uh, handcuffed to a job because Mm -hmm. no one else would likely do it.
1: No, no. I I, I think that's one of the benefits to, you know, city in the size of it is that you had, if you, if you applied and were accepted for a position, the other manager was no longer able to say, no, they can't do that. And so, because you're handcuffed here, like it was like, well, they're going to have to figure it out. And that's one of the things that I think is important in a mentality is that, you know, when you're looking for your career growth, you want to make sure, Hey, what is, what are my opportunities here? If they're not available, are they available somewhere else? And so talk to your managers, get the buy-in from them to say, Hey, if I can't get to this place where I'm at, then I need to move over. And it, when you, they get their buy in for it, that makes it easier. Then you don't get that handcuff problem because you're having some transparent yeah. conversations.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can get into it a little bit later, but at, at one point in my career, I used to have that, but I, I didn't um, in the later years. And uh, it sucked. So
1: that's do you a good think story. You a little tougher the further you move up. Like you do get where some of those opportunities become less and less and you have to be a little bit more open to it. Uh, Yeah,
0: I mean like for me I knew that the next level was probably not a thing Um, but like that whole never quit mentality there, there is a downside to that. You know what
1: I mean? Absolutely. Uh, know, that's my great. perspective. So, yeah. And no, it, I mean, in that never quit mentality, I think that really ties into don't always look for the up, look for the sidestep. Like I would say, within my seven years there, six of my moves were sideways. And what that did is it prepared me for that upward move. That I could be
0: the best whenever I moved up. Nice. Well keep uh, on moving. We we're, we yeah. stuck on City uh, Citibank there for a little bit, but what came after that?
1: Yeah. So after that, I moved to a startup company called Home Credit, and so Home Credit was a. It was an interesting company culture. So they were, you know, really big in Europe and Asia, and were entering into the U.S. market, and so. It, um, if you've never gotten an opportunity to work for a startup company, I definitely recommend it. It's very wild west. It's very freeing. Um, you know, you go from go from Citibank where there's all this bureaucracy, all these levels, and then you jump. I jumped to a startup company where I was actually the first person hired in the entire collections department, and so it was a complete change of pace. And that that really taught me the lesson of flexible work schedules and what does that really mean and i think you know sometimes whenever you get to a certain point in your career it's no longer an eight to five it's uh just get the job done and get the job done this week in 30 hours then it's 30 hours if it's going to take you 90 hours it's going to be 90 hours um and just understanding that's that the
0: whole blend versus that. balance of mm-hmm. you know got to make it happen um yep Take advantage of the weeks where it's there's some downtime, but when it's go time, it's go time. Right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, what was your? Uh, yeah. I'm going to jump into one of my questions. Was like, what was your biggest takeaway from the startup experience? Other than the blend and hours and how that worked, was there a key lesson that you took away from that, or?
1: You, you sometimes you have to just do things yourself and so for me you know if if you don't know something find a way to learn it and so if you can't learn it where you're at find it at, you know external sources and so i had to you know i was struggling where we didn't have very many analysts and i needed data and so i had to teach myself to uh learn sql so i could pull pull my own data and, and be able to do the analysis that was needed to understand what what my strategies were doing. And so for me, like that's that's probably the biggest thing, you know, biggest learning in startups is that sometimes you have to just figure it out. And you have to figure out how to do it yourself.
0: Got it. Good stuff. Cool. Anything else from home credit and that startup?
1: Yeah, home credit was really when I I was looking for kind of that next step that upward movement in my career and and i got some feedback that you know hey you're not ready for it. and and i was pissed about it to be honest like i was like no what are you talking about like i've done all of this and i thought you know i i'm highly rated i'm valuable i'm doing all these things but no you're not ready and you know looking back on that i agree i was not ready was not in a good. I was not in a place where I could make that next jump in understanding that sometimes that that upward movement is a lot tougher than what you think. And uh, and True. take the feedback to heart. Ask them why. Understand that and, and don't be defensive about it. Absorb it and learn from it. And so that was one of the biggest things. And it, you know I moved from there. I jumped over to a company called Opportunity. And there, I love that opportunity there. I think they're a great company. Uh, but I moved, you know, I learned SQL and then I, so I started into this analytics world and jumped in over there as, a, as an analytics manager. And it was all about, you know, pulling data, building processes, programming and coding and all and That was none of my, that wasn't my strong suit at all. And so it was, it was a massive, jump for me to have to dive into that world.
0: Yeah. Where you, uh, where you learn to uh, build a bird's eye view, right? Absolutely. The strategic, yeah. the, yeah.
1: So I had to lean into lean into my strength. And, and this was, a, you know, I, I have so many like critical lessons that I learned just in watching my VP and my director adapt to me because they were they were true analytics people, and they were like, "Hey, I don't, you know, you didn't follow the, the the same career path, but I think you're solid, but we're not sure what to do with you, you know." And some of that, and so I got a lot of opportunities so, for how to take the business to other and explain what we're doing, which wasn't their skill set, and so they opened up those opportunities, and it, it really taught me that you need to lean into your strengths. And so at a certain point in your career, you learn, you grind, you grow, but there's going to be things that you're good at and that you enjoy and just find that are natural. Lean into your
0: authentic strengths.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, And, you know, while I was there, that was whenever COVID happened. And so I was the only remote employee in our team at the time. And then all of a sudden everybody was remote. And I remember our VP called me and said, you know, everybody's unhappy and I don't know how to, how people work remote. Like what do you do all day? (laughs) You know, like trying to figure out what is this remote work like for you and and how, so then I got the opportunity to start having some sessions and we started doing some fun sessions. And one of my favorite things that we did, we did a a exercise that I did at city as well. And it was, I want everybody to bring a totem and share that. And really it was like a token or something that was, memorable about you that, that it's symbolic of you know core values that you have and so yeah. we had a lot of people that were um yeah, expats or immigrants into the u.s that are part of the team and so they're like I, I don't even understand the word totem so they googled it and saw totem poles, and so then they took that as like hey it, an animal that represents me and i remember my boss she was one of my one of my favorite leaders that i worked for she talks about how uh, her totem is an elephant because uh, elephants are so close as a family. You know, they celebrate. They they celebrate when an elephant is born, and they mourn when an elephant dies. And,
0: and she yeah, and they can hear how, a thunderstorm like a hundred miles away. Yeah, like all that stuff. That's maybe that's why they're scared by mice. I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it made it made me think about her as a leader and how that relates so much to how she was a leader for us. Like, you know, she took care of us. She mothered us at times, you know, and making sure we were okay. And uh, that was her gift. That was her strength as a leader to get more out of us. She she made sure we were good to go. Uh, and so I really appreciated that about her. Uh, the last thing
0: I, was, I am oh, not a fan of work from home. By the way because of what you just talked about? Uh, because for the manager that manages work from home, mm-hmm. you gotta be ultra creative, right? You do the uh, interpersonal interactions. That's where the magic is. So absolutely, that's off to you. Yeah, I,
1: yeah it, it, it's definitely a different world. For sure. Uh, yeah. The, the last thing with the opportunity that I really feel like was a, was a critical lesson. You know, I got a job offer to go to Western dental and I went to my VP and I said, Hey, I got this job offer. It feels like a really good opportunity. What do you think? And she said, well, let me think on it a little bit. She came back and she said, Hey, we have a counter offer for you. Uh, but before I, I go into my boss mode and tell you the counter offer, I'm gonna tell you as your friend, you need to take the other job. And to so me what? that that is real leadership, whenever you can look at people and you can say, you know what, it's not gonna benefit me for you to do this, but it's gonna benefit you in, in building those relationships and having those. Like I promise you if you call me today, needed help with something, I would answer it because of those relationships yeah. and that that feeling that in support that she gave.
0: Yeah. I had a few folks leave my operation and I was like, go for it. Like totally makes sense. Yeah. Very similar thing. And if it
1: doesn't make sense, then they can trust you when you say, I don't think this is a good idea.
0: Yeah. Well, they're doing great. So
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I always hope for the best for him, but I just had somebody leave yeah. my organization. I had the same same speech. I was like, "Hey, this is a great opportunity. This is going to be better than what you're going to get the next three years here." I'm like, go do it. That's exciting, you know. Congratulations. That's
0: yeah. awesome. But you know, during that uh, Western Dental time, you were traveling, right? So.
1: Yeah, so Western Dental was...
0: Uh, another uh, lesson here is, tell us about the travel.
1: Yeah, so so I live in Kansas City, and Western Dental was based in um, the DFW area. And part of the requirements with the job was that for the first year that I worked there, I, I would have to travel three weeks a month down there. And uh, that, you, you know, I was able to kind of work schedules with kids and, and wife and everybody you know, get everything in line. And I was like, Hey, this will work. I did not realize how taxing it would be to travel that much. And, uh, you know, I, 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 in the notes I sent over to you, I I put the, the cliche thing that, you know, if you're going through hell, just keep going. And that was really after about six months, it was just, I've got to just get through this year. I've got to figure something out, you know, and just keep grinding.
0: So traveling, Uh, traveling was your
1: health hmm
0: what it sounds like yeah, yeah that, that's uh right. by uh that quotes by winston churchill right
1: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah no. It, yeah the best benefit to it was that i was a list preferred with southwest within like three months after taking so many flights so at least i i got good teeth on the plane. You drink. Were you traveling
0: when uh, Southwest shut everything down because they had a software issue because they weren't up to date?
1: No, no, I wasn't. Okay. That was after that.
0: Or that All was right. before so that. I, I'm an AT&T customer. News today, AT&T, well, a lot of people are shut down for wireless and even 911 um, <laughs> due to some solar flare or Something else we don't know yeah. about, probably Russia or China. So you never had to experience that during your travels. No. All right. Good.
1: Nope. Cool. Well, so, uh,
0: yeah, Western dinner. Anything else there for you? We move into where you where you are today. Yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, I think that's probably the biggest part of that experience was. Do I I would the only thing I would add is that don't underestimate negative impacts on your family. Like don't don't overinvest in your career to the point sure. where you lose lose sight of that because that will that will drain you faster than anything, it, you know that you can do. I I can do a really crappy job as long as I can tuck my kids in at night, and so don't let it.
0: Don't lose that. I agree. Yeah. Had a, uh, you know, a few experiences there myself. So, and now you're with a company
1: called Elevate. Elevate. Tell it's us more you about, about that. Awesome job. Yeah. So, nice. Elevate is, uh, so I joined Elevate, but, you know, it, it was really kind of the start of, you know some of what we're feeling right now with kind of the, the financial industry, and uh, you know jumped in collections is always you know a big deal whenever you know stuff gets a little rocky you know in, in the finance world, and uh, yeah, and I, I loved everything going on there, and so what even yeah it's when good
0: for collections them. company when huh? there's it's good for collections when things are not going so good in the economy right
1: you're busy there's always opportunity whenever the economy is tough like ideally collections is you you don't want to you don't want the economy to be bad because then you've got to figure something out like you've got to find a problem so it's fun in that sense but it's also really challenging because you know people are struggling you know that people are having a hardship and that's what's resulting in this
0: into trying yeah. to find those solutions. but your job is fun and a challenge therefore
1: yeah
0: it's a good thing i think it just sucks for a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> you, you know where i'm going with this i'm not trying to paint yeah. a negative picture i'm just yeah yeah
1: no absolutely i think it. you know it always you know my my perspective of collections has always been it's your job to help people. And so if you're given an opportunity to do more, then you do more. And so when the economy is down, that just means you get to help more people.
0: Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So, you know, jumping into elevate that, but it was a great company culture and and being able to, to join the team and really hit the ground running. I, One of the big things, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, is, you know, I remember whenever I joined, you know, my boss at the time, she said, "Hey, just be you." Like we spent, you went through all this interview process. We got to know you. We're hiring you. Just be yourself. Sure, that that was one of the most freeing statements in the whole thing. Was I can just be myself. I don't have to worry about, you know, jumping through the city hoops. Don't have to worry about jumping through the home credit hoops. You know i don't have to learn a new skill set i can just come in and, and do what i do best and that worked out really well uh awesome you know i came into a, a really strong team that uh had had a lot of uh a lot of great skill sets you know really knowledgeable and uh it really helped me learn to kind of lean into those their strengths and find what they're good at and one of them yeah. You know, one of the top performers that I had, you know, they really complimented what I consider to be some of my weaknesses. And so accepting that, saying, hey, this is your opportunity to shine, because that, you know, and then I can drive over here. And so in, in using that yeah, to my it's advantage. It's a good relationship. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, one of the other things I really learned is that you know, transparency is really important, I think, in, in business and being open and honest and being able to share information. But I also think it's important that people understand that that's, you know, transparency in corporate America is kind of a gift. And it's something that, you know, yeah. if, we're, if, stuff, if you're relaying on information, it's not to create anything that you, any negative emotion it's to make sure that everybody's aware of the next steps or the next task that needs to be done and find motivation in
0: that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, did you ever have to, uh, share some transparency with somebody up? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh,
1: how'd it go? You know, we, you know, we have a, we have a really strong leadership team that, that we do share you know, information and results of what's going on. And sometimes, you know, things aren't working the way they're supposed to, and you have to find solutions for it, but you have to do, you do have to communicate those results. And so I think having those conversations are important, sometimes earlier the better, so that we can get ahead of it um, as quickly as
0: possible. Good stuff. Um, So I think from what it sounds like, Elevate is... Awesome.
1: Um,
0: But I also want to, you know, ask you about, like, how did you embrace, you know, your authentic self in that? So as you're going through that process, taking on a new role, um, finding the strengths out of your team members, which is, you know, a great way to really exploit the team's talents um, like you're doing. Um, how'd that work for you? Like, was there like an epiphany or like, oh, I can actually now do things the way I want to, or was there a way like, now I have the trust of the guys up top and, and, and girls up top that now I am free deep breath to get this thing going. Was there a, an event like that for you?
1: You know, I think it really was, you know, in, in kind of having a lot of career mobility, you know, in the last six, seven years, one of the things that I realized is that not everything that worked before is gonna work somewhere else. And so coming in with, I'm gonna take, you know, I have, I have all of these ideas none of them can work. And so I need to understand what's going on. I need to understand my team and having those conversations to say, Hey, I don't know what we need to do, but I know that I can learn and hear from everybody else and find a path together. And I think that collaboration is really what's important. If you don't, you know, if you come into a room and you say, Hey, I, I know everything. I know what we need to do. I know exactly what what the next steps are. You're probably Bad wrong. <laughs> you, you're just never going to make it because you don't yeah. know everything. Like everybody has valuable perspectives, and you need to listen to those and take the time to hear it and invest in those conversations to be able to get there. And that, to me, I think is where I found my authentic self was being willing to listen to other people. And so in, yeah. in talking, I, you know, I like to, I like to have meetings. I like to talk. I like to call people. And so just leaning into that and getting everybody involved, everybody, once everybody's involved, they're all excited and ready to go. Awesome.
0: Good stuff. Um, I had one written down on your, uh on your journey, um, taking multiple perspectives. I think that is so important, um, because we all have this like inner self perspective, but mm-hmm. if you can kind of elevate that and think about things like turning the map around in the military, we, we say, turning the map around, um, thinking about things in different perspectives. Is there a you know a, a time or two where you turn the map around and you're like, oh, light bulb? I know I didn't prepare you for this, so you're on the spot.
1: Yeah, I know you cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I, I, I've had I've had moments where I've had to be like, why did they do that? And. uh, You know, one of of my mentors has a saying that that she says, well, what else could be true? And that's that turn the map around mentality. And so I remember, you know, trying to figure out, you know, why were these decisions made? Why are we going in this direction? Why, you know, why was a project deprioritized? And so it it takes time to say, you know, rather than just going in there and be like, oh, my stuff is important. You need to do what I need. It's ask the questions. Hey, what is this impacting? When I got deprioritized, how is this project more important? Not in a, a, an attacking or accusatory way, just a way of like, I, I really want to support this. Can you help me understand, you know, what what is the ROI on it? Where are we going with it? You know, what happened? You know, on your side. And when you yeah. listen and, and you get that information, say to completely understand. And so being willing to have that conversation rather than coming there, why did my project, why is this more important to me? It's all about how you approach it in those conversations.
0: Gotcha. Have you ever had a moment when um, when you turn the map around and uh, the other side of the map doesn't keep their commitments?
1: It doesn't keep their what?
0: Their commitments. So they said, hey, I will do this thing on the other side of the map. It's like a supporting effort. So um, the main effort is the business, the growth, the cost, the whatever. And you ran into a, a moment when the other side of the map said, hey, I'll do this. And they didn't do it. You ever had that? Absolutely. You
1: know, we work with a lot of yeah how would you handle it
0: directly i i ask because <laughs> you know experience so i'm i'm trying yeah. to seek mentorship through you
1: yeah. i think the best thing is is that you need to be need to be direct need to be honest but you have to be kind like there's a there's a really big balancing act with it. But No, I, I mean I think that's the most. I have important a problem thing. with like, that. Like
0: yeah. if you say you're going to do something, and you don't do it, then you're on my you're on my list. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I
1: think I think you lay out those expectations and so you say, hey, you know, I need you to help me understand why didn't we get here? So, you know, you. So can, how do you, you do
0: can, that after three times you lay out the expectations?
1: I think it's about explaining to people, you know, hey. I know that you're capable of doing this. I believe that you can do this. I've seen you do it here and here. And I need you to do it now. Like this has yes. to follow through with it. Like we can't have a miss again. And yeah, what if I you don't
0: see them do that though?
1: Then those are where tough decisions come in.
0: Amen. ShamWow. Yeah.
1: Alright.
0: So, I'm done. I'm done diving into that, Foxhole. But- I had to,
1: because
0: it was good um, yeah. for me, anyways. Well, cool. Anything else about Elevate before I start asking you some questions? Yeah, let's jump into the questions. All right. So uh, I got to go back to Jerry Vance, one of the memories. Um, do you have any key lessons from that guy? Because I know I do. I usually fall back on the tools from, from those years on almost everything. So.
1: You know, it's uh,
0: seventy six. By the way,
1: I had a couple different memories, but but I'm actually going to use this one because uh, it kind of goes back into the the kindness and commitment and some of that. You know, Coach Vance could be really tough at different times, but he always found a way to just really connect with you. And uh, I don't know if. It, it, Logan's memory, joking about the high ankle sprain. I'm sure I made a mistake somewhere, that took the wrong step, whatever, because it's it's pretty common um, when we played. But I remember I was I was messing up on my first step in practice, and Coach Walker was mad as hell, and, and you know yelling about it, like you're not getting off, you're not taking off fast enough, you need to get out of the way. Probably whenever Logan ran into me.
0: Yeah, and, the first uh, step is most important.
1: And Coach Vance stopped all practice, walked up, and and I I don't ever remember. He called a lot of people by their last name, but he always called me Jeremy. And uh, and I don't know why that stood out as meaningful to me, but it did. And Probably because I have six brothers and sisters, and so that made me feel unique instead of just being another Johnson. Uh, Nice. and, uh, And he stopped practice, and then he said, all right, we're gonna practice taking the step. And we did for probably three or four minutes just taking that first step over and over. He's like, All right, you're good to go. He's like, it won't happen again. And it didn't. I corrected it. And so that investment that yep. it took for three or four minutes was so meaningful. And that's how you do stuff that's direct and kind all at the same time.
0: Nice. Good stuff. I would say like that actually works anywhere. Like that first step like that first habit that first thing that you got to do every day whatever it is and whatever you're doing and uh so another reason for the the toolbox pull there
1: yeah Because stuff
0: um so you talked about coach walker um you got a good memory about him because so for the group coach walker was the offensive coordinator when Vance uh, in this small town, Liberty Hill, that's now a 5A in Texas, um, has grown, came back, became the head coach, and, you know, the program still thrives. So there's a sustainability aspect to it, and that's why I want to hit on it. Um, Walker died of cancer, um, and such an awesome dude in shape, Extreme leader, just unfortunate story, but his legacy lives on. So, do you have a a good Coach Walker memory or or story as an offensive lineman on his offensive coordinator leadership scheme? You know, so Coach
1: Walker was just being himself was just so influential. Like, you can't, I, I, I can't always. Grab a hold of a specific memory, but one of the things that are, I do remember about him is that he always raced us everywhere we yes.
0: went, like out to he, the field,
1: out to the field. Even getting dressed, like he would be, he wouldn't run in the holes but he would walk as fast as humanly yep. possible to get down the there. Time and tide wait for no man. Yeah, <laughs> he's always competing. Um, nice. And so I, I look at that as you know, always, always give hundred percent, always do nice. everything you
0: can. Yes, I mean, like even today, like if if I get a job that I'm not really excited about, like if I gotta clean something, I'm gonna do it to the hundred percent of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a definitely a Coach Walker thing for me. So. Um, job to job. So you've made many job transitions. Um, And and part of the thing that I do with the folks that I get on this podcast is, you know, military to transition to the civilian thing Um, for you. What's been the toughest job to job experience for you? Like, I, I went from this, and now this new thing is a little bit different, uh, or totally different. And I had to learn these things. How'd that go?
1: Yeah, I think that for me, the toughest one was was definitely the, the first step, and so first getting step. out from go, yeah, going from city to home credit. You know, this was this was a jump from somewhere that I spent a lot of time learning and growing, and Thinking that, like, oh, this is the city way and drinking that Kool-Aid and then realizing, hey, there's this other opportunity and it's really good. And
0: taking that. Don't drink drink too much Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah, don't ever drink too much Kool-Aid. Just a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and in that step, it really, you know, it's the toughest because it meant that I had to really believe in myself and trust myself to, to do the job and find a way to do that. And I think once you take that first step and you take that jump into it, the second one becomes easier. It's like, well, you know, I tackled this challenge, this transition. The next one is going to be, you know, a little smoother. And so, but that was definitely the toughest.
0: Gotcha. Sham well to that. Um, on learning from others. All right, so that's a big part of, you know, of your journey, I think. Um do you have a story where you learned an unexpected lesson from a challenge, a mentor, or maybe even a situation. Like, hey, I just went through this thing and like I slept on it, or, you know, a couple of weeks later, a month later, I was like, oh, that's what that meant. Do you have one of those?
1: Yeah. You know, we we were, we had a big presentation and, uh, my boss was presenting everything and then, you know, helping out listening, you know, help kind of prepare for it. And then we got some feedback afterwards and I just don't agree. I was like, I don't, I don't think that that was the, the right answer. Uh, And, you know, kind of, you know, you ever get that feedback where you're just like, "Oh, like, I don't like it. Yeah. I I I get a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, not
0: not so much anymore, but used to.
1: Yeah. But then I went, you know, logged off, you know, went and made dinner, went to bed, and then, you know, started thinking about it. And that's, that's one of the things that, I think is always important. And I try to use, try to apply this. I didn't in this situation, but I do, I do try to use this from now on is that, you know, anytime you get something that, that does create that, Ugh, no, I don't agree with it. It's
0: a-, a lesson. Yeah.
1: And so sure. it, it, it's probably rubbing you the wrong way because it's it's striking a nerve, something that you need to think about, you need to ponder, you need to talk about, you know, call a friend, whatever to get through you know I talk to my wife about it
0: or start a podcast
1: or start a podcast absolutely but then you can get some perspective you know time time gives you that you know think through don't react and uh yeah i remember i i, I logged in i logged in early because i wanted to catch him right when he logged in i was like, can I to talk to you and uh i was like you know my, what i said yesterday i completely disagree with it now I understand what that what they were saying, and I agree with that statement. And so, I think it's always important to be slow to speak whenever you get those those moments. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Like it. Um, how about one of the biggest leadership decisions you've ever had to make? Like the one that you really had to sleep on, and it was tough, but the decision had to be made. What was that like for you?
1: You know, in different times in my career, I've had to had to go through organization changes, or you know, dealing with employees that are underperforming or things like that. And and I think anytime you're you're in a Position where you have to have that conversation. They're just top situations for leaders. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying to think how much detail I can give on, on some of those. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I'll keep it anonymous. Yeah, you
1: know, I, I, you know, I think. Uh, you know, when you go through those the the decisions, you have to try to separate, you know, your emotions from it and say, Hey, what's the right business decision? And then before you deploy that, like it you, you need to make good sound business decisions. Say, Hey, this is the right path for us as a company. Gemma. But then before you execute on that decision, you need to bring the emotion back into it. So that way you're yes. going to be, have empathy, have compassion. And I think that's so important for leaders that if you try to, if you try to do make the decision with all of it combined, you're going to maybe make the wrong decision. If you try to execute on the decision without bringing that emotion back into it, you're probably going to be a dick yeah. and
0: so, compartmentalize it. Right.
1: Yeah. But, but don't over compartmentalize it. Like you need to have your empathy. You need to have your compassion whenever you're going through those conversations. Yeah. Uh, blend.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, a few more questions. One is, what's your biggest failure for you? Doesn't mean it was a big failure in a company. Like it could be personal. Whatever you want to want to share, because I think a lot of people like to share the successes, but the golden nuggets are in the failure, you know. And it's the failure, and then what do what do you do with that
1: failure? So yeah, I have a couple of these that that have definitely made some some. Poor business decisions, things that ended up costing money, you know, mistakes that had customer-facing impact where, you know, but I, when I think about it, I think about, you know, some of the biggest failures are the, one of them that that really stands out to me is I, when I left one of my companies, I was, I was unhappy, and...
0: And I let him know
1: kind of on my way out the door, you know, and and it was, it wasn't a gracious leaving. It was, you know, that kind of ha ha I'm leaving see a suckers, you know, middle finger in the air. And uh, I regret that. And I feel like that's a failure of character, which to me is a bigger problem. Like you can, you can make a financial mistake. You can make a coding mistake that you can recover from to, Hey, I made a mistake. Like, but whenever you you're not yourself, and you do something that when you look back on it, those are those are the biggest failures to me. And and, and that that's one that's kind of stuck out. and will we'll stay with me through my career. It's impacted other transitions that that you know when I, I've left other places. Whenever I was unhappy, I was unhappy with all the travel at Western Middle. I did my best to leave there with grace and kindness and making sure everything was done been
0: buttoned up well for him, and because of that previous experience. Gotcha. That's a good lesson for me, because I'm still kind of uh, getting over that. So, uh, which I think I've done with some grace, but at the same time, like I'll. So, my biggest weakness is trust. Because I give it a lot of times, and mm-hmm. if I don't get it, I get super pissed. Makes sense. It does. Yeah, I, I
1: can but definitely I, understand. I, I I'm like thinking through like the the, the the Tony that I remember in high school, and I I, I see that
0: that that well, because I, 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 I trusted did. you, and you came through, yeah. so there's no problem, right? <laughs> But you also but no, to I, I feel you. That. It's there. The, there's definitely, I think, a societal thing with that. I've mm-hmm. done a lot of research on it. Um, it's a different thing today. We're millennials. Uh, Gen Z is going to see it totally different. Um, and we as leaders, especially. Um, you know, in 20 years, you and me, when we get to the, wherever we get to, we have to be able to have some empathy, understand, listen, right? Be authentic, yeah. build the trust. And um, so in that, I think of it as a an advantage because there was an experience for you. There was an experience for me, and um, that's gold. You know what I mean? Yep. So, Absolutely. all right. You have a good mentor?
1: Had a lot of good mentors.
0: Uh, nice. Yeah. Check out maybe one or two.
1: I'd say you know my my best mentor and probably the one that I that I lean on the most from from experiences with him, and then even still you know texting him to this day to ask a question or something you know was my boss at Home Credit, and uh, he just opened up doors that would have taken years to open up. I still rely on that network, and he really taught me the the value Same of world. meeting people and building those relationships through conferences through taking phone calls answering you know i get a lot of business development emails and uh reply to them you know don't just blow them off i I probably you know there's some weeks where i get 50 of them and i try to get back to a lot of them just because those relationships like they they a lot of them have specialties in a field that I'm never going to. And so he taught me to rely on those and use those resources. Uh, Nice. You know, I think that when somebody gives you the freedom to kind of grow and learn and then consistent feedback around how you're doing, like that's really where you find some great growth.
0: Amen to that. so what's your current biggest struggle today like something that you're working through like something that you know might keep you awake at night um what's that for you right now you know
1: we we recently went through through some some org changes and uh and i've I've gained some responsibility for, for another department, um, which has been exciting and I'm really thrilled about it. But I think it's just the I don't know what I don't know and so trying to yeah. make sure I learn as much as possible and asking questions. Uh, but also I have to I have to give up some control. Um because I can't I can't do everything I was doing. And so I you know, I went from having three direct reports to now seven and So i'm having to ask them to do more and so that balancing act of you know am i asking too much of them you know how are they doing you know worrying about that or uh you know even the is it is it gonna still be what what i want it to be with asking them to to explain it well uh you know sometimes i i worry if you know all my directions are clear things like that and that's been a big struggle of learning stop doing and more teaching and making sure and helping people learn and kind of that that reverse of you know i've had so many mentors pour into me and help me get to where i'm at so now that's got to change to where i'm i'm investing in other people you gotta pour yeah yeah so it's, it's time to start pouring and so that keeps you up at night but you know that 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 transition
0: that's um, good thing. I think,
1: yeah,
0: personally, exciting. like that, 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 that charges the battery for me. Like that's good.
1: Yeah. I, I love it. It's, it, and I have a great team and I, I never doubt their capabilities. I just worry about, you know, am I giving enough of myself to them for them to get there?
0: Yeah.
1: When I, uh, when I go
0: through that, I go, um, Usually to the gym and I'll listen to some, you know, janky tunes and <laughs> when I say janky, I'm just like I go back to the old school like I was listening to like Tupac and <laughs> some some of the old school stuff yesterday. And I was like, yes, like that's where it's at. Like So good
1: story. Yeah, I like uh I have to go for a
0: ride. Oh <laughs> Clearing the head is always a good thing. Um, exercise is always the best way for me. So, um, last one. What's your price of admission? Yep. You know,
1: my price of admission really is acceptance and ownership like i think if you if you if you're able to accept and own your role your responsibility uh that's the price you gotta pay um to move forward especially in your career like uh, you can if if you're always blaming somebody else or always looking for an excuse or a reason uh, you're gonna miss the mark and so i think to me it's, it's about it's about ownership Awesome. And accountability and all
0: those pieces. Have you ever uh, read the the book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko and uh, Leif by chance? I
1: haven't.
0: Dude, you got, you got it, to. Though.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, and then there's a sequel to that which is The Dichotomy of Leadership. So extreme ownership takes it to the extreme. It's like, whenever everything's bad that's happening, it's like, it's on you and you got to do all these extremes to counter that. And the dichotomy is the sequel. And that's kind of like, all right, let's put it into real life, you know, give yeah. and take terms. Uh, so good. I highly recommend it. So.
1: I'll definitely
0: take a look. Awesome. Well, cool. Did you have fun? Yeah,
1: it was great. Awesome. I appreciate it. I well, I, really I definitely.
0: It. Yeah, yeah, man. I I definitely appreciate your time tonight. Um, I definitely had some key takeaways for me personally. So that's always a win. And um, I love doing these things because I always take away something and uh, had a few takeaways tonight. So um, I got one other question that I wrote down. I was like, did you have to do a t- collections on anyone that you actually knew? And you're like, oh, no. okay. okay. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, good for you.
1: There was one that, uh, we, we had a high value department and, uh, there was a celebrity that had um, missed their payment, and so I remember that and getting. You probably speak, can't
0: like, mention that name. Can I ask? you no, I, mean, right. I mean it was really
1: no. <laughs> I can't mention the name. It was, it was, and it was one of the really funny things. Like you don't actually ever speak to them; you speak to their, you know, accountant or whatever. You know, somebody was on vacation or something, and they missed the payment yeah. or whatever. But they
0: they probably uh, had too much fun yeah. in Vegas and. So yeah. cool, dude, um, part of your uh, price of admission, um, you know, acceptance and ownership um, in the Marine Corps, we say, what do I know? Who needs to know it? Have I told them?" I think there's a good tie in there in that. Um, I love with ownership and acceptance and transparency. So I wanted to throw that in there. Um, thank the family yeah. tonight for your time and, and your boys. I know, uh, uh, you got one on the way, but three boys, I'm sure you're busy, man. I know that you remember the Simpsons, right? Yeah. 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 I do. Dudes were fighting all the time. <laughs> so I just gotta imagine you got your hands full. So no, it's uh,
1: it's funny' it, We're baseball season getting ready
0: to start, so we're we're ready to kick that off. It's, uh, nice, get that going. Got then, your release. But, yeah. Well, cool, dude. Awesome, awesome talk. I really appreciate appreciate your time. Um, so good, and uh, yeah, man.
1: No, I appreciate it. I, you know, it means a lot to me to be able to do this. So Uh, keep in touch, though. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, for sure.